I mean, lottery season is a real thing in the scene, and it can be an exciting time. It can be a disappointing time. Sometimes it can leave you just slumped over in a chair thinking, <laughs> what is my life become? Greetings. Welcome back to episode two of the Trail Currents podcast. Jamil Curry here. Jubilee Page joining. We got a doozy for you guys tonight. Oh my gosh. You guys know about it. So we've been doing the pre-show. We should have been recording it because it was something else. I know. We get into like, like, let's, let's chit chat before we actually hit record. And then like two hours later... We should have hit record. Arms are flailing. People are shouting. All kinds of stuff's happening. Loud noises. And all that info is just... Gone. Gone. I don't know. All right, but we're going to... We'll recreate it. I mean, it's 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 a bit of a, a biting topic. Yeah. So tonight, we are talking about race lotteries. Whoa. What are your chances? Holla, holla, holla. Don't forget about the lotteries. Oh, my God. <laughs> Songs dropping soon. Sure. So let's get to this week's sponsor. Run Steep Get High <laughs> again. Because <laughs> we don't have real sponsors yet. Uh, if you guys want to cop yourself some sweet threads, go hop on over to runsteep.com. We've got some great hats, shirts. You can help support this show. And... All of our hopes and dreams. TCP15, the code is still good. We still haven't posted the first podcast, by the way. For 15% off, yeah? 15% off all orders. And we are getting some new stuff in the shop soon. So hopefully that will still be good. Otherwise, I'm sure they will be a sponsor again because they love us so dearly here. I'm telling you, they really support what we do over here at TCP. Thank you. Run steep, get high. All right, so let's get right into the show here. We want to waste little of your time. We're going to be talking about lotteries today, and we want to just have a little bit of a free-flowing conversation about the state of 100-mile race lotteries in the U.S. and abroad. This is a big topic. Yep. This time of year, December, January, that is all of the talk of the town because everyone is trying to plan their year. They want to know, you know, how to, what what races they're going to put on their schedule. And that way we can fill in the rest of our schedule. Right. And then we can begin the process of deciding the qualifiers we're going to run so that we can apply for these races again next year. Right. Because if I don't get into this race, then I can get into this race. This is the life of an ultra runner. You apply for a lottery, you qualify for a lottery, Yeah. pick the race based upon the qualifier, right. run the qualifier, apply for the lottery, sit and wait until they call you up and it is your turn. But is it and your then turn? You, and then you just go qualify again because that's what we do. We just... Your, your whole year is, is based life. on qualifying for those races and then maybe hoping to get into those races and then maybe you don't get into those races. So... You're going to go and qualify the next year. It is a... Vicious cycle? Vicious, vicious cycle. So what's the spielio? I mean, why is it Why is it a vicious cycle? Why can't I just go and like well, fill my calendar with all the, the happy, fun races that I want to run? 
So it is a case of supply and demand. That is at the heart of this situation. We have many of these races that have capacity limits for one reason or another. Yeah. Western States has a wilderness area that they run through. The race was grandfathered in, so they are limited to 369 athletes that may tow the line. No more. Ever. Hopefully no less. For a while, they were actually running this rolling average where they could they could be a little higher and then some, they had to be a little lower and as long as they hit 369. But with the introduction of their wait list, they can now start exactly 369. Moving on to Hard Rock, they also have some land agency issues, but they self-impose their capacity limit Correct. for their own reasons. They have them. They yeah. know them. Actually, I think it's, they want to try and keep the small feel of the race. It's an intimate race. So they have. But I didn't know it wasn't because of land management. Well, for instance, they went up to 152 runners, but then I they think. Came and then they came down. back to 145. Yeah. So because they said the seven extra people introduced an adverse effect on the race, if you can believe that. Okay. Um, but, know. you know, they have some some limits. Some of the aid stations are remote. The roads get busy. I can see that. Yeah. There could be solutions for that. They could have shuttles. Western States does that. They could limit those more. Um, but the gym, the school gym for the awards at the beginning and end, and the it's pretty packed it's, at the end. It's packed. Yeah. If you if you had three hundred runners, you probably people would be overflowing. So you'd have to. I mean, Silverton itself is a small town. It's there's not a lot of places that can probably accommodate i mean the san juans in general i mean fourth of july they have they have a lot of people up there Definitely. they have a lot they have thousands but and they're thousands not crowded into like one area they would probably they might have to move out of the gym and like expand and they'd have to change things up maybe they have to start over by the kendall mountain area and set up a giant tent or yeah. you know they, they would have to change their program yeah and they like their program so they they keep doing it. I mean, it's their race. So it's, I mean, it's what 20, 25 years and and uh, twenty five years. Nine since ninety three. So yeah, yeah, something like that. Something like that. Um, so we're definitely going to talk about Western States Hard Rock. Those are two of the biggest we want to touch upon. We also want to touch upon UTMB. Yeah, we want to get the international perspective on it, and we also want to talk about Leadville as well as they seem less limited by numbers, although. They seem to be, I don't know if they're capping them due to interest or just maybe that's all they get. I, I don't know. They don't, they don't publish a, an entry limit. They, there's very little information on the Leadville website that your typical ultra runner would be looking for. Right. Like, you know, now, now that they're owned by Lifetime Fitness, they're a little bit more corporate they're kind of following a little bit more of the Ironman model. You know, they have age group qualifications at these right. other qualifying races. So they're taking a little bit of a different spin on it. And, you know, the day after the lottery, which just happened, like I would love to go see a ranked entrance list, like on ultra sign up. Someone please help them. You can't find it. No. We don't know who's in the race other than you see a Facebook post from someone that says, Made it. Rut row. I literally saw that. Rut row. Rutro from the Sunday? Someone said Rutro. 
because <laughs> the guy's also running UTMB and the Ure 100. So not a smart move. Choices, choices. Peter Mortimer. <laughs> I, just, I just put you on blast. Oh, no. So this is an interesting conversation because I personally have run all of these races. Yeah, and I have oh. run none of these races. So, so this is... If you're a first-time listener, this is our background. I've been running ultras since 2005, and I ran Western States in 2010 or 11. I can't really remember, which is can kind you not of remember the I can't the, remember the year. The Mary Statesmas song, where you said when like, oh eight tw- life is great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, what did I say? No, did I, I say eleven. I can't remember. I don't know it if I like, actually said the year. I thought it was I? 2010. Like. One and done, son, type of, no? Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It, I remember. it might have been 2010. I think I ran Rocky Raccoon that year, and that might have been the Western States year. Yeah. I think it. I think that's right. 2010. It was the year after the fire year, although I didn't get delayed because of the fire. Mm. So maybe I was a two-time loser. We'll get to that. Okay. And I've run Hard Rock four times. Yeah. Finished four times. Run UTMB once, and... I run Leadville once back in 2012. So I've kind of gone through the drama of the lottery and I've seen the lotteries change and grow over time. When I signed up for Leadville, there wasn't even a lottery. UTMB, I got lucky. Hard Rock, I applied early. And Western States, I was early enough before the big the big boom boom and everybody wants to run the multiple tickets and years and multiplications and all that stuff. Right started happening and and what about you when did you run your first ultra i mean was it was last year was it last year it was last year in 2017 2017. uh ran i mean i signed up for old pueblo i think that was my first ultra uh didn't finish it but ran a distance of 36 so ultra distance into it and then finished my first race a month later i went to nine trails uh in santa barbara and Ran five fifty Ks last year. Just so, hit, hitting it. Just hit it. And And you're gearing up for your first hundred miler. I'm gearing and up for my first hundred mile. How was your lottery my... process? I didn't have a lottery process. What? I know. It was just a you know, I looked at the race and I was like, Man, that looks like an awesome race. I wanna run it. And I signed up in time before it sold out. So amazing. Was, what a concept. Yeah, it's amazing. So But it doesn't mean that I don't want to run these races. Sometimes. How many like, of these would you like to run? Would you like to run all of these? Western States, Hard Rock, UTMB, Leadville? Um, Do they all appeal to you? Not all of them appeal to me, but you know, Hard Rock is definitely one near and dear only because I've been a part of the Silverton uh, like feel, I guess, for the last two years. And that's been com- something pretty special to me. And I'm working on the women of Hard Rock. And so that, that as a woman who has experienced that race uh, kind of from an outside perspective. Um, I definitely want to run that someday as a competitor. I want to be amongst the the mountain women who do that race. I think it's amazing. I think it's badass, uh, especially like, yeah, running in the San Juans. At something about the mountains. But, you know, not all of them appeal to me, but definitely Hard Rock is one of them for sure. Sometimes there's something to be said, though, even if they don't appeal to you about the history. Yeah. Like Western States has such the history yeah, that it and that, makes you want to experience what Gordy did back yeah. in the day and the mystique 
that well, I mean, I remember part of it. You know, even first getting into ultra running and knowing the community and going to Havelina and like meeting Gordy for the first time in like 2014, 2015 and be going, oh my gosh, that's the, that's the dude, right? He's the dude of ultra running and putting Western States on a bucket list. Like I have a bucket list of all of these races and Western States was definitely on one of it. I mean, before I even knew anything about the race or anything about like the terrain for, I mean, I got to experience it, uh, filming it last year in June being out there being out there on the on the course I mean you just want to experience the whole thing you want to experience the course and I mean it's absolutely beautiful out there it made me want to go back yeah I haven't been back since 2010 but yeah uh, I mean it it makes me want to experience just the whole course because of the beauty and just the nature and the mountains and the canyons and all of it you know there's there's definitely an experience there and even for me, Leadville was one of these ones that didn't appeal to me a lot but other a than the fact that it's the Leadville 100 right. and it's so old. It's part of the Grand Slam right. and the infamous Taramaras, Racing and Trace and all that stuff. Yeah. I wanted to run it and I was able to do that and kind of check it off the bucket list. And, and it, yeah, it was uh, definitely on my bucket list too. But I think because it's changed so much, um, not sure if it's something that I want to pursue, but even UTMB, like just being in, being in France and being in those mountains, uh, it's something I want to experience. So let's jump into the lottery here. Uh, a little bit about the history of the lottery. It was started in 1981 from the sources that we have kind of looked up. Western States, yeah. The Western States lottery. Yeah. And even up to the year 2000, we were looking at some of this historical data here on their website. They had 583 applicants for those 369 spots. And back then, I mean, there once was a time when you could just fill out your entry and sign up. But that was that went away pretty quick because it was so popular. Yeah, of course. So, But you'd think with that kind of a turnover, you're going to get to run it probably every, every other year or even better than that with only 500 or so applicants. And that stayed... The same, it, it slightly went up into the early, mid-2000s. I think I applied for the first time in 2006 or seven. I ran my first ultra in 05, so I was probably qualified then. And I was able to apply probably before there was even 1,000 people, but then they instituted the two-time loser. Actually, I don't know when they started like the loser years. Yeah. Is that what I mean? I don't know when they started the two-time loser rule. Uh, I'm not sure. That might have been going on for a while. Okay. But that made a lot of sense because you, if you don't get in two times in a row, then you're an automatic, and then that reduces the total number. Right. And I know Western States also has a lot of other spots that go to other people for certain reasons. Yeah. So, it's not just a lottery. There's, I mean, there's other... Exactly. There's like, a lot of other ways to get other in this ways race to get into this race because they really only have about 250 slot names they draw in the lottery. The right. other 120 spots are last year's top 10, golden ticket race winners, yeah. sponsor slots, volunteer spots. The board gets a couple spots. Right. Gordy gets a spot as long as he qualifies. Things like that. Yeah. So they. And that's all built into the history of the race. Those things evolved over time as the board and everything came together. They decided that this makes sense. This helps with the mystique and the history of the race, and it's beneficial to have this. Yeah. And this is valued. 
it's valued above letting all 369 spots go to anyone. Sure. So I mean, it's coveted. It it creates this, yeah. uh, you know, a kind of excitement around the race and and there's like sometimes it's cool to see the same people running the races over and over again where it it creates this competition the like the top teners getting in every year and they're racing each other and they're coming right. back and they're making a tradition out of it and you know guys like andy jones wilkins and they're such an institution now i think of him because yeah. that's when i when i got into the sport he was always getting top 10 and that was a huge deal yeah. uh, but there was tim tweetmeyer 25 consecutive sub 24 hours like those kind of things yeah. are pretty pretty amazing um, but then we hit the the end of the two-time loser and that that was my year i got in and it is 2010 that was the last year for the two-time losers the fire there was a fire year in 2008 where the race was canceled and then they had to roll everyone over mm-hmm. in the course of 2009 and 10 because they had to take all the 2008 runners and essentially roll them to 2009 so it's a little bit of the history kind of crazy and then from there and they used to draw paper tickets now they have an electronic drawing they say so then things started to balloon up and they started keeping track of how many years you apply and then you get this two to the n minus one ticket so this exponential growth pattern of tickets where you're doubling your ticket count every single year but so is everyone else so it really it it introduces these interesting things that we're going to talk about it into play that maybe you didn't think about when you just ran your qualifier and put your name in ultra sign up and that's what we the heart of what we want to talk about today is let's talk about some of the forces at play with the, the mathematics a little bit yeah. and like what really what what are, what are people's chances now what are your that chances what are my chances in, in 2018 there was the most applicants ever and it seemed that the race celebrated that they praised the fact that they got over 4900 applicants i don't know if i'm if i'm directing that race i would be apologizing almost i don't know it's amazing. Yeah. It's incredible. It's an incredible testament to the race they've built, right? That yes. there are that many people that want to do it. That is unbelievable. They have such a well-oiled machine and the people that are behind that race do such an incredible job. I mean, it's a celebration, yeah, of the race and the history of the race and uh, the organization and, you know, years and years of work. You know, now, yeah, a lot of people who even maybe are just getting into ultra running me or whoever, you know, they look at the Western States 100 and they're like, this is number one on my bucket list. I'm going to run this race someday um, because it is like the Mecca for ultra runners. Absolutely. But with 4,900 applicants that introduces some problems. So we now have seven year applicants yeah so when they did away with the two-time loser you now have seven-time losers and uh as you can see every year there's more and more people in these ticket counts and for instance last year in the six-year category there was 31 people so a lot of them got selected yeah but then eight of them reapplied this year as seven years right 
there was 71 six, six years year. compared to 31. Now, maybe Next some of them that... got maybe 20 or 25 of them got selected. Right. Now, there might be 45 instead of eight. Right. And you can see how with more and more people on the bottom end of this distribution chart that more and this more people is going throughout the years. If you if you just kind of like look ahead a couple of years, yeah. And with the international growth of the sport and with the number of international qualifiers that Western States has in place and just the booming popularity and the fact that this is one race that everyone wants to do. Even if yeah. you run it once before, you want to do it again. I mean, you celebrate that the fact that Western States is so popular, but at the same time, it's it, it's a bit of a freight train that it like you got to see what's coming and yeah. what's coming is when you have the 15 year applicants the and 20. the 20 year applicants and when you have 220 year applicants what are that your chances never really? get to run the race so and you're going against the 20 year applicants and then all of a sudden you know I'm way back here in the I'm just now starting to apply and just get qualified. Yeah. Like there was really? 2,600 first year applicants. And even right. if people, like people that ran the race last year, they now jump back into that one year. You know, they kind of cycle back through, but now you have a lot of Europeans that want to run. I don't know. I don't see the breakdown of where all these people the are international, coming from. Um, yeah. I think that is one of the arguments is that there's maybe at some point the US, there won't be as many, but yeah. I mean- but that doesn't mean it's not growing, especially like uh, in European countries and in Asian countries. Yeah. Um, you know, the sport is starting to take off all over the world. And I think a lot of those people, especially when you start to see the Ultra Trail World Tour kicking in, people yeah. put Western states on a pedestal. Absolutely. I mean, it's older than any of the races Absolutely. anywhere else in the world, yeah. practically. And it's got to be at the top of people's list. Absolutely. They, just like Hard Rock probably is as well. And they want to run it. And I, I don't know. I don't I don't see where this gets better. Well, Am no. I missing something here? I mean, that's the thing. Year after year after year, you're going to have more people who have patiently and, you know, who have gone after their qualify, qualifier year after year after year for the last 10 years, 15 years, who have never gotten in and may never get in. So like we have the third year bucket took a big jump because the race took a big jump a couple years ago in applicants. They jumped by a thousand people from 2015 to 2016. It it was kind of stable for a few years where you had these three year applicants where you had 250, 200, 258, 281. Then you had 377. Then you had 397. Now you had 668. The increase is the whole race. It's the whole lottery. So at some point the numbers just become overwhelming where I mean, the demand is just way outstripping the supply. So um, what are some of the problems here? We had like some notes. <laughs> we did have some notes. Um, which we wanted to pull out a little bit. And some of these, um, we have to thank Joe Yuhan well, for a yeah. couple of these. We do want to name drop him. Um, he shared some thoughts after, I think after this year's lottery, he's been thinking a lot about it. Um, we wanted to kind of, and, and these are things that we had been thinking about as well right. and that are just interesting to think about. Um, I mean, one of my issues as a person who hasn't qualified but is looking to possibly run this race, uh, you know, sometime in the future, uh, I don't know what my chances are, you know, probably slim to none if I don't start today. So that means 
this year I'm going to have to just ran your first ultra. I just ran my first ultra. That means if I want to run and qualify for Western States, I'm going to have to think of a qualifier this year so I can qualify for next year's lottery and put in my name. When do you feel like you would be ready to or want to run Western States? I mean, I'm not going to be ready anytime soon. If I just ran, I mean, you know, I'm a 50K ultra runner. I'm not ready for 100 miles, and I'm especially not ready for 100 miles within that terrain, within that that environment. It's beautiful. I'll hike the crap out of it, but I'm not gonna. I'm not ready to run 100 miles in in that wilderness. Um, but you but want if to I, run it someday. If I want to run it someday, I'm gonna have to start applying. You better get today. your qualifier, and you better start applying. Right. So this is what we're seeing, you know, from All- a lot of people. They may not be ready, and they're especially not ready today or this year, but they may be later on. So we're seeing this this dilution of uh, premature entry. And that's only, you know, you are raising how many applicants, but how many applicants out of that 4,900 are actually ready to run that race this year? It's a great question. We, there's no question on the application for that. Right. For me personally... I applied last year and this year because I want to run it again someday. I've run it once and I could be okay not running it again, but I kind of want to run it again someday. And it's already been eight years. And I, if I would have been applying the whole time, cause I stopped applying for five years because, and maybe I shouldn't have, cause I would be sitting there with another entry in my pocket next year. If I yeah. was, you know, an eighth time or seventh time applicant, I'd be pretty close to getting in at this point. But I pulled myself out because I was focusing on other events, but it's not really smart to do that anymore with the way that it's set up. Because if you're not applying, then you're never going to get in. And and it's not just, uh, you don't need just to apply, but you have to apply every year. And that's, you have to qualify every year. It's another interesting part of the Western States lottery is you don't get to keep your tickets. You don't get to keep the years that you applied. And let's say something happened that year. Or let's just say you you really don't want to run it that year. Like you want to run something else or you got into something else and you don't want to run it that year. You still have to qualify you still have to go seek out one of the limited qualifying races. You have to run it. Even if you didn't want to run it, you have to go do it. And then you have to apply and you have to possibly get picked and run potentially. And you have to run it if you get in. Because if you if don't they call you up, then you lose your spot and you go back to the back of the line. So right. currently, I think there is a very real possibility that there are a lot of people in the lottery that don't want to run in that given year. Right. I see this personally and you see it as a hypothetical. I see it as a hypothetical because, you know, for me, I want to run it, but I know that I'm not ready. And if my, you know, if I'm a lucky or, you know, just kind of out of the hat, one and done pick like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got in. I am not ready to run that hundred miler. And if I step up to toe the line, I'm not going to finish. And that would just, no. So if you were being wise and looking at your own abilities and thinking about when you might want to plan this into your life, you're being penalized because every year you don't apply, 
you're just getting pushed further and further, further, and further. back. Yeah. Because everyone else is getting exponential tickets. And when you hop in line, you just get one. Right. And everyone has multiples upon multiples, 128 tickets, yeah. 256 tickets. Like it just keeps going up. And it's this idea that you're being penalized for being patient and smart. But, you know, for those multiple people who have 256 tickets, you know, what are their chances when there's 70 more people with the same amount of tickets? I mean, I know their that chances, my chances are nothing, yeah. but, you know. Well, their chances don't keep going up by that amount. They just slightly get better because everyone else is, everyone else in the pool is also doubling their ticket count. Right. So you're just, because some people are removed from the lottery pool, with a lot of tickets because they get selected or, or life there's gets attrition. In the way. Yeah. yeah, there's attrition. And that's another thing we were talking about. There's there's a race. There's a first race you have to run, and it's called the lottery race where you every year you've got to qualify. You've got to apply. You've got to do all these things and not miss a year. To stay in. To stay in the race to, to just race. get to the starting line. Right. And that's kind of crazy. Because if you happen, if life gets in the way, if something for whatever reason, you cannot get that qualifier. One scenario we were talking about yeah. was what if you get pregnant or are planning a family right. for the women out there? That's a serious concern that I know women have to plan this. They There's women athletes that have to choose between... Yeah. Am I going to possibly run a hundred miler this summer through a lottery, or am I going to have a child? I mean, that's crazy. And I mean, what a choice to make too. <laughs> like that shouldn't even be a question. It should, you know. But, but like, if I you get can't drawn, defer those tickets. If I get drawn in December and I found out I'm pregnant in November, like, come on, really? Like, I can't like put a freeze on those tickets and say, not this year. I've got something cooking. Like. If you're one of those five or six time applicants and you know you're you're kind of forced to apply and see what happens and right. you're and I don't know that they have anything in place. If you did get selected, can you defer it? A can year? you de- yeah, can if you defer it? If you're due in June. I don't know if this has happened, but it's bound to. Or I bet you I bet you there's women out there that have just not applied because they're like, well, I have I'm going to be having I a child have, in June, right. so I can't run 100 milers. So I'm going to pull my name out. But then if you don't apply, you lose all your tickets. You lose everything. You lose and that's everything. a shame because. And it's not just like, you know. That's a lot of work. And if it's someone that's never run the race before, I don't know. That's. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to see something change there. And on the other side too, it's not that's not the only scenario where that makes sense. No, but there's, I mean, um, we were thinking of many of them. We don't need to go through all of them, but there's but there's any, life things that happen. Anything and, that happens, yeah. And I mean that happens to all of us, right? But it would be nice to see maybe some kind of like ticket deferral where yeah. if you're if you have five years that you've qualified and you put your name in and you haven't gotten chosen yet. And something comes up that sixth year and you can't make the qualifier. Something happens. It's really, it's heartbreaking to lose five years of work and five years of, I ran the Black Canyon Ultra 
every year for five years so I could qualify for Western States or I ran whatever qualifier I did for five years and gave up all these other races that I could have run because I really, really, really want to run Western. And, you know, it's, it's heartbreaking to think that people just kind of go bankrupt and have to start from square one. And there's no easy answer to this. We're being critical of the race and the lottery, but with this much demand outstripping supply, I mean, we're just kind of tinkering with the edges really of this tsunami wave of people that want to run this race. And I think, you know, I don't think it's going to get better. I I don't think it's going to plateau. I don't think it's, you know, there's only going to be 4,900 people applying every year. I think it's going to get, it's it's going to increase. I don't know that that's going to go down. No, I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I don't think so. Um, Especially as just the prestige and the and the hype of the race continues to build, which and even like the, seems the like sport it's of a, ultra running, yeah. as it as it increases, as there's more and more people, you know, taking on the challenge of running a hundred miles. When you look at a hundred mile race, you know, sitting there at the top, you know, gleaming in the distance is the Western States 100. So, and that kind of brings us to our next sub point about. Why do we all want to run Western States? <laughs> and why are we all just running the qualifiers every year? And yeah. why aren't we why aren't we running races because we want to? I mean, why is it on your bucket list? You know, I mean Well, I don't know. Maybe that's not the right way to put it, but more more often that But why yeah. I think part of it is like kind of being forced to run the qualifiers. And it's not like you can qualify anywhere, you know. No. There, there are strategic, there are select, yeah, strategic select races that are qualifiers, which are limited. They do try to limit them because I think that the idea is it that that limits the number of applicants. But what ends up happening is that everyone just goes to those races, and then they right. may not go to, and maybe they that wasn't first on their list, but they. For instance, for you, I mean, do you think about that when you're looking at your year? I mean, at some point you may. Hey. I'm going to have to. What's a Western States qualifier? Yeah, I'm going to have to look at the list. You know, Do I have not, a desire to it, run any of those those races? Maybe not. Maybe not. It's maybe not first on your list, but every year you've got to prioritize at least one of those. Right. Um, and that kind of brings us to the point of, yeah, why are these races the way like why are they the select races and others are not and this is kind of a bigger conversation i think too and so it's not just any 100 mile or it's not one any 100k uh you know that you have to qualify with it's it's specific ones that they deem worthy right yeah and i think they a lot of it is they chose them based upon they switched to 100ks recently Mm -hmm. so that it used to be when i was first applying it was 50 mile races or you could qualify at a 50 miler as long as you were under 11 hours or any 100 miler within the cutoff i believe okay so it was more lenient because you could just go pick like a completely flat 50 mile race and go do 11 hours which i think is pretty doable for most people yeah Maybe it doesn't get you exactly prepared for the Western States 100. Probably but, not. So they they bumped it up beyond the 50 mile to the 100K, 
and then selected, they think they selected the largest 100Ks and the largest 100 milers in the country for whatever reason. Okay. Uh, and what's happened is those have kind of snowballed into these kind of mega events yeah. that everyone tries to go to. So I don't know. I don't know if it's completely a bad thing, but it's just, it's in stark contrast to say a UTMB style where you run races based on points, based on points and any race can become a qualifier. Right. And I do kind of like that system. Yeah. Because it's, it's more fair for the races and it puts less burden on individual races for everyone to just, and less burden on the runners to be forced into doing a certain race as a qualifier. Right. Year after year after year after year after year. Right. You know? And, and I know there was a bit of a, I actually don't remember. I should look this up real quick. But I think we've talked about that before as far as like, you know, with UTMB, any race out there can qualify as a UTMB qualifier to be selected for X amount of points. And then you run that race, you get your points you get enough points to apply for UTMB, and then you get entered into their lottery. Right. So this might be a good way to segue into this. And this was actually, I have to make a big point. This was not from Western states. So they were not part of this, but there was a letter published. And it was, I think, on some websites, it was just guest author. But then on other ones, it was it was authored, I think, by Fred Abramowitz, who's the race director for Run Rabbit Run. But it was signed... Hard Rock 100, Run Rabbit Run 100, Speedgoat 50K, Wasatch 100, San Diego 100, Cascade Crest, Angels Crest, Grindstone, Bighorn. So all of these old school 100-mile races all signing onto this letter. Um, and I think the biggest gist was they didn't want to pay to have their races become qualifiers. And they said it was this racketeering scheme. Which is pretty interesting. We're maybe going on a tangent here. I, I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, um, we we've talked about this before. My def, I guess I do have a bit of a defense for UTMB in that. Imagine, imagine vetting the qualifying races for over eight thousand runners. Yeah. Actually, they probably get. I don't even know how many applicants they get now. It could be twelve, fourteen thousand. Yeah, you have to vet all of these people and. Imagine vetting all of these races all over the world that are popping up. Right. There might be 100 or 200 new races or more that pop up every year that want to become qualifier races. Well, how do you pick them? Why this race? Why not this race? What's the fairest system to make that work? Currently, there's no way to like apply to become a Western States qualifier or a hard rock qualifier. They're chosen. As far as I know. Right? They're chosen. They're they're just chosen, by, voted upon by the yeah. board. And I don't I don't know if it's and a couple of our races are Havilene hundred and Black Canyon, but they were kind of big already. Right. And with Hard Rock, the Mogion Monster is, and that was kind of that was before we inherited the race. So right. I think maybe you have to know them or your race has to become big enough to catch their eye. Okay. And then they'll consider it, and then they have to vote upon it. Right. But I don't know. I know that a lot of the races are now adding all these international 100-milers that people can qualify at, but a lot of the board members probably have never even run these races or 
I don't know what kind of analysis they do on the UTMB races or the like the Hard Rock and and Western States races, okay. the qualifiers. Yeah, you know. Whereas with UTMB, what happens is the International Trail Running Association gets a GPS track. This is what we go through with because yes. we do certify all we, of ours. We submit GPS tracks, and a lot of times and they have to they meet scrutinize. Oh, they do. They'll they'll reject it because there was something wrong with There's it. There's something and they couldn't get the accurate data. There was an issue this year with uh, Crown King. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, I think I kind of like that model because yeah. it gives every race a fighting chance yeah. at being a qualifier for something big. Yeah. Um, you do pay a fee. Mostly, I think, to pay for the person to do the data and the certification. I mean, they, yeah, to like look at it. Someone's time has to be spent right. looking and analyzing, well, is this a two-point race or a five-point race? And if it's right. not this person doing it at the global level, it's going to be that specific board member in their free time outside of their normal job yeah. scrutinizing the data taking up their time that they're not even getting paid for. But once it's done at the ITRA level, it's global. Anyone can use the points now. So we could have a race here, which I don't believe there's any races in the US that use that system. We could say you need six points to qualify. Right. Go choose amongst any in the world that are certified. Yeah. It's kind of nice. Instead of having qualifiers for like the Mogollon Monster, we could switch to a point system. You could. Here's all of these. Yeah. Here's and depending all of the on the difficulty of your race, you could say, well, you need nine points, but it has to be within two races. Yeah. And that will kind of give you a rough idea that they're qualified because they've done really hard races. You've, you've had to run a four-point race and a five-point race, which are not easy And races. that's different if it was like, oh, you can do four races and it can add up to that. Right. That would be a very different story. But I don't know. I don't, and I don't know the amount of time that's spent with all of these lotteries and all of these qualifications of all these people here in the U.S. vetting all of these different race results. I I don't know if Ultra Signup does it automatically for a lot of them, or if there's someone manually highlighting or something, or yeah. Excel Excel sheets everywhere. <coughs> that was a tangent. It was. And I can't remember where we're going next. <laughs> it was, but we could um we could loop it back around. So kind of to wrap up the Western States lottery, I think they are the most extreme example of maybe the problem where we're at in the sport with the supply and the demand. And it doesn't seem I guess to to their credit, they aren't going the way of Iron Man where you have to get a qualifier to go to Kona where it's or Boston Marathon where it's only right. fast people. You know, it's only we only want sub 24 hour runners. Instead, they want all abilities to be able to toe the line. And I like that. Yeah. Where like the but guy that takes 2959, that's their ability level for their age, whatever it is. But they still have to they qualify. Totally, they like, still qualify. Yeah, right. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. I mean, like Black Canyon, we still have, you know, you still have to make it within this qualifying But we're time. not saying that only sub-24 hour runners get to run or sub-20 hour runners. By they no could mean. do that. They, yeah. they could fill the whole field with sub-20 hour athletes. Yeah. And we could just have a 369 person championship 
with the overall cutoff could be 24 hours, yeah. you know? We could have a championship, which I, I don't, mean, I don't like, I wouldn't like to see that. No, but I mean, and, and that's kind of the exciting thing. Like, you know, you see at Western States, someone come across the line in every hour, um, you know, 17 hours all the way to 29.59 almost this year with Karen Bonet, which was amazing, or last year, I guess, in 2017. Um, you know, it was, it's cool that they accept all those abilities but at the same time it's just there's still a question of <sighs> well in any way they do it they're kind of screwed <laughs> the end of the day yeah i mean you know but, all abilities welcome and you know everybody to their heart's desire apply for this lo- apply in the lottery and get your qualifiers but you know just looking at my chances and knowing that there are other people out there like me wanting to run this race the the chances are really slim to none or even worse that you may ever get to that i'll never yeah that i'll ever get to run or i mean well do you feel like they put that forth that like as long as you keep applying you'll get in and do you think that's accurate do you think i mean do you think i mean yeah is that a question of do they reward the patients you know if i apply and qualify every single year for the next 15 years and I put everything else that maybe I want to do aside because I really want to run Western States, are they going to reward my patients and, you know, find some way to to give me an entry? Because based on the lottery alone, based on the math like mathematics, I'm not going to get in. So is there another way? Or for I, a lot of people, I, it literally will take 15 to 20 years yeah. at this point. If you are just now applying. I don't think patience is the, like, it, you know, it's not a it's keep not the a, answer. It's, it's not the answer. It's keep applying and you'll finally get in because we're going to see 15, well, that's the, 20, kind of the, 20 year people, you know. And that that's the question. Should we all, we all have to ask ourselves Let's say if you're a first-time applicant to Western States right now, what's your prognosis? If, if let's say you did what you were supposed to do and you ran a qualifying race off the list every year for the next 16 years and then you finally get to run the race, was it worth it to, Is it worth to, it? Qualif- to run the list of qualifiers every year for 16 years chasing it maybe instead of running races that you want to do because you want to do them and not to say you can't do that no and but you can, like you gotta bag that one qualifier, you are limited but, but sometimes you're it feels like we a lot some of us are just chasing the qualifiers and right. is that really what we should be doing i think we should stop and ask ourselves that sometimes yeah i mean and i really do if you know someone's out there and they've waited seven years to run it i i hope it's worth it but at what point seven years doesn't sound so bad because i seven think years, it's going to get worse well that's the thing like after 20 years is it going to be worth it and you know at what point because i am not the most patient individual i really uh just a little bit about me but for the most part you know i'm going to draw a line in the sand and say if i don't get in by this year I'm sorry I've got other things to do. I have other things to chase. Uh, you know, I've got to live my my best life. And that does not include 
doing the same thing over and over and over year after year after year it just it's it wouldn't be worth it to me cool does that wrap it up for western oh yeah moving on to hard rock this one does things a little bit differently and they even say right on their lottery process each year we're faced with the difficult problem of how to choose our starters from now more than 1900 applicants so they're getting up there quick they are and hard rock is more selective you, yeah. This is a postgraduate 100-mile race. So you have to complete from a list of selected 100-mile races. So this can't be your first rodeo. No, and it shouldn't be. And it's a short list. And it should be a and short list. And most of them are in September, which is yeah. pretty funny. Or 200-mile races, actually, I think are now part of this as well. So it's funny because... The first, and they've been more selective lately. It, it used to be a little bit of a wider list. Um, so they give you two-year qualifying window for events, except Hard Rock, and you can use that for three years. So if you finish Hard Rock, they reward you a little bit, and you you have a three-year in three-year window. So you yeah. So that's it's kind of nice because there's not as much pressure, but it's kind of a bigger deal because you have to run and finish a hundred-mile race and. I don't know about anyone else, but I can't pop those off whenever I feel like it. <laughs> no. I mean, I maybe <laughs> I probably could, but I don't think it's a good idea for longevity or anything else. It's not like you know you're gonna go like slog out of fifty k or a, or a don't slog out of a hundred or mile a hard race. rock qualifier or those a are hard, hard rock. Kind of, those yeah. are usually hard races. Don't go to the take... Mogion Monster and say, "Yeah, I can probably just tough it out for a hundred miles." So they have a list of domestic races, which are almost primarily in August and September completely. And then there's a couple outside the window. So actually, Barkley Marathons is on here, which is really funny. <laughs> but that's that's the first one in March. They used to have the- As heart- a finisher? Like you have to finish the Barkley? The 100. <laughs> the 100, yeah. yeah. The, full, the full five loops, which Kudos. is it's hilarious. I think the only person to ever use that is probably Jared Campbell. Then they've got some- other ones scattered throughout the year that are overseas ones, things like the Northburn 100 in New Zealand, the Ultra Fjord. <sighs> really? The Ultra... I'm going to take a little bit of um, <laughs> a second here to talk Let's... about the Ultra Fjord. Okay. This race, this is the race where a runner passed away during the event we... of due to hypothermia. Yeah, we talked about this. And I don't know. To me... That would be a strike against this race being on the hard rock list. That's just me personally. Right. And not Take to care say, of your runners. Not to say that that, heaven forbid, would ever happen at one of our events, but it seemed like they were overwhelmed with their event and they didn't have their contingency plans. They didn't have everything in place right. and didn't make maybe the decisions that they should have. That's me from an outsider perspective, having never been to Chile. Yeah, but it's also your perspective as a race director who's, yeah. you know. It's just concerning. And to see it on this list when I know they they cut, at one point they cut Leadville, at one point they cut Western States, at one point they cut Hurt 100. Why? And they cut, I know they cut Leadville, I think, when it was taken over by Lifetime. Which, yeah, I would. They, there was trash one year, and there was a lot of runners one year, and they were a bit They were a bit overwhelmed. Yeah. I don't think health and safety was maybe necessarily an issue, but it was just, they had a, 
a transition year that wasn't good. And maybe I'm giving them a little too much credit. It's possible. But they got axed for that. Western States, I don't I don't remember why. And I don't really know why Hurt isn't on here. That's really kind of baffling because hmm. that is one of the most well-run 100 milers in existence. And I mean, it is, is it, so tough. It is. It is. It is extremely difficult. There's probably twenty five thousand feet of climb. It's super rocky and rooty. Doesn't have altitude, but I was going to say, is it races, is it because of the altitude? Not is it all because these of races the... are altitude races. You know, I mean, Angeles Crest has a little altitude at the beginning, but then Bighorn? you run down. Bighorn's a mountain race. I mean, but Hawaii is a mountain race with, and it could have storms and rain and mud. Anyways, we're kind of getting off topic, but uh, Ronda Del Sim should definitely be on that list. So, but they have they have a short list of qualifiers. It's a pretty short list, and most of them are in the late summer, and they're in most of them are in August and September. I think over well over half or two thirds of this list. So pretty much everyone in. August, September, they're all running. Everyone's running their hard rock qualifiers. And what you'll see is a lot of these races are sold out. You're starting to see that there's actually two of the 200-mile races around here as well. So you need to apply or you need to qualify and then you need to apply in December and 145 runners are selected. So this one's a little unique in that they have three different lotteries. For those mm-hmm. of you that aren't familiar with it, if you are familiar with it, just bear with me here for one second. But they have three different lotteries. They have, we'll start with the Veterans Lottery. They have 33 slots allocated in that one. And that's anyone with five hard rock finishes or more. Yeah. So they like to reward uh, guys and gals that have been coming for a long time and that are an integral part of the race. And that's important to the hard rock culture because it creates this sense of continuity yeah, and the sense of family. There is. People, There's a, it's a, something very real. Very and, intimate, very, you know, that's felt when you go to Silverton, you know. And there's of, usually people hanging out yeah. two weeks in advance because they've centered their lives around hard yeah. rock. And it's this select group that you kind of – and it's a like, reunion. They're like legends. And yeah, it's this reunion, this family reunion that you go back to every year, and even if you've never run it. But the reality is those are 33 slots that are taken away from these potential 1,900 applicants, right. some of which have never run the race before, whereas these veterans have run it five or more times already. So they've, they've gotten of, the experience Of many, 20 times. Some, many, over 20 times. Yeah. So. They have gotten the hard rock experience many times over. Yeah. Then there's the never started list. 45 slots go to the never started. So that's just what it says. If you've never pinned a bib on on that morning and run at 6 a.m. and started the race. Yeah. You're in that lottery pool. 45 slots. Only 45. I mean, there's only 145 total, so... I know, but 45. It's 45 slots. For the majority of the people who are applying. It's true. How many have never run the race? Probably a majority of those individuals. So I think the thinking behind this is that 
I mean, the Hard Rock Board decides all of this. Yeah. So they decide how many. They decide first off how this is conducted, and then how many people go into each one. Right. So they've, in keeping in line with the idea that they they like the continuity of the people that have run it before, they want to give new people a chance to run. From what I've heard, that is what. Um, what is and then uh the giving yeah okay go ahead so the then the third lottery is everyone else so these are anyone who is not part of those groups so people that have started the race and not finished or people with four finishes four or less finishes four or less including zero finishes correct but started but started if you've stepped up to the line then you get into the you next get into one. the else category so Let's go through the numbers of each lottery. So I think there was about, for those veterans, there's 33 slots. And there was about 40 people in that lottery. So most people get in. And then there's a wait list, of course. And a couple more will get in. So maybe maybe three or four won't get in this year. Yeah. The everyone else, which has the largest number, 67 slots, there's about 200 and that's been pretty static in my experience because I've been in that pool for quite a while. So you have, I mean, about a third of all those people will get picked. And if you have more finishes, then you have upwards of a 50% chance. And that's about where I'm at. I have four finishes. So I historically run the race every other year. And for every every finish that you have, you get a ticket. I get correct? more tickets. You get more tickets yeah. because not only do you get your qualifying tickets <coughs> and your you know year after year whatever tickets, you get your four tickets. Same with the veteran slots. So yeah. like those guys that have twenty plus finishes, they, they get, get a tw- ticket for every finish. I'm pretty certain they yeah. do. Yeah. So they get an even better shot, and so they they really reward the people that have been there and that they've been coming and they've been part of it. Right. That leaves us with the never started. There's 45 slots, and I'm just going to throw out a number close to 1,700, 1,750, 1,800 people for 45. Those are not good numbers. Those are not great numbers. Those are not great odds. And especially if you've never started and you are getting one qualifier, you start with one ticket. You do get two to the end tickets. So those are the N equaling previous DNSs. So every time you apply and you don't get in, you don't get in, you get one more N and then that multiplies. It's an exponential number. So So if I I didn't get in for two years, then I get four tickets. And that doesn't, if you don't apply for a year, you still did not start two times. Right. They don't count did not starts when you so didn't apply. So if something apply. happens and I don't qualify for one year or I take a year off to have a baby or if I whatever happened, there's a buffer year. You can still pick I can up still where come you left back off. At, yeah, and, and pick up the tickets that I had previous years. Yeah, and it's DNS meaning you applied, you were qualified, you went through the lottery. And didn't get, but the you lot- didn't and didn't get, get picked. to start. Correct. So, But once you just start the run... You get bumped up to the way better law odds lottery. So if you are if you get a chance to start hard rock, start it. You heard that here. <laughs> well, you could figure it out probably, but <laughs> but yeah, if you if you have a broken leg and you can start that race. Start it. And you can drop at the first aid station, 
under the current incentive system, start the race because you will, you'll be in the else you'll category. Now have, you'll now be in the 67 slot for 200 spot lottery. Right. So I think there's no loop. I don't think there's any way to, to there's a loophole that counts against you. You know what bums me out about that though? For someone who is waiting on the wait list, they're number one on the wait list. They've never well, started the race. A, there is a sob story like that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And then and I think you see happened. someone who you know that they're not going to finish. They're sick. They're not feeling it. They've got GI issues from the beginning. They're not going to make it to the first aid station, but they're going to start the race anyway because they know if they start it, then they'll get into the else category when they could have given up and said, you know what? I know I'm not going to be able to run this race. I know I'm not going to finish. That's the frustrating thing because they do hold a wait list for the race in each pool. I know. And they, they select them all the way up till race morning. So yeah. it's super exciting. If you're in the gym in Silverton and they go up to the 15 minutes before and if they don't check in, then they start giving away. And it's happened where yeah. one minute someone is not in hard not rock. Not in hard rock. And then- And at five o'clock in the morning. Well, at 5.50- 5.50, 10 minutes before race start, you're they in will it. announce and you're in and you now have to run for up to 48 hours. Yeah. It's wild. That's awesome. That's but exciting. the frustrating thing is, is if you are that person that's sitting in that gym, ready to go, you because you have to be ready oh, yeah. to accept the bib. Absolutely. So you have your pack, you ate your dinner the night before, you packed your bags just in case, you might have a crew, you're all ready to go. And everybody's checked in. Someone comes hobbling in with a broken ankle at the first aid station. And you're, and you could have finished it and you could have started and you could have gone further than that. Yeah. That is too bad. But I mean, that's the thing with hard rock lottery. Like you have, you know, if you have started just one time, your odds increase exponentially. Like you, have so much better odds. You will always have better odds than me who's never run the race, who may be applying in the next couple of years. And my chances of getting in, especially, I mean, this is a whole other topic, but especially as a woman, my chances of getting in uh, are, again, slim to none compared to someone who's a four-time finisher. Yeah, it's, I'm the privileged person so i don't know is this is this ex- interesting exciting is this boring i can't tell i could talk about this stuff all day because it's kind of fun but we're coming from a unique perspective we're, well, we're race directors we're runners we know these races we've been there to me it's exciting to kind of pontificate about this stuff well especially and you know between us the fact that you've run all these races and that your chances of running the races again are even better than mine who for have never run the races you know you actually even well, that goes for even hard ex- rock. even ex- i know but like experiencing the race if you've experienced the race multiple times you still have a better chance of experiencing it again and again and again Compared to someone who's never run the race. That's one thing I think who... about and talk about. Sorry, I cut no. you off there. Go on. One thing I think about sometimes is what is that fourth or fifth or let's say I got up to seven or 12 or 18 finishes of Hard Rock. What What is the value to me 
the marginal value of doing it one more time, how much does that really mean to me? Because I think if we, once we do things over and over again, the first time you do, like the first time you finish Hard Rock, or the first time you get to run Western States, that's such a moment. Yeah. But, you know, I get, to, but then I'm like, okay, that was incredible. And I'm grateful every time I get to run it. But it, I don't think it means as much as that first time. It means a little bit less each time, I think. Maybe it could mean more individually for a certain reason, but yeah. but does it mean as much as that one person that's been applying for seven years straight and hasn't gotten in? Right. That's an interesting thing to think about. I mean, when is... Is yeah. me running it a fifth time, how much value does that add to my life versus if you got to run it for the first time right but that's hard to quantify and it doesn't really fit I mean, with the values it, of the race yeah is it as special for those individuals who have run the hard rock 15 times 20 times is it special every single year? And Maybe it might it is. and it might be because of is. the familial effect that that race has on everybody. You know, you're coming back, it's a reunion. Um and but it, is it doesn't a great necessarily feeling. mean, you know, for me it's you know, you have to run it every year. Is there another way you can be involved in the race? by maybe stepping aside, letting a never run the race instead in your stead? And, you know, you volunteering. Um, I mean, I personally enjoy running it and I enjoy not running it because then I get to choose a different race to do and expand my horizons a little bit. That's just personal. I mean, yeah. but I you, love doing that. And yeah. I guess that's where everyone else, all everyone who's not getting in, they are choosing other races to do, obviously. Right. And I would recommend... Rhonda Del Sims. If anyone's out there listening, if we have any listeners at all in this show, <laughs> I don't know. That's... I mean, if you're if you're with us still over an hour in, and we're talking like the deep, dark kudos lottery talk right now, like this is some serious stuff. You've won. Go run Andorra Ultra Trail, Rhonda Del Sims. That is a race that is most comparable to hard rock that I've ever seen or experienced. And it's tougher. So you get bragging rights. Hmm. It has 44,000 yeah. feet of climb. Yeah. Hard rock's about 33. So it's about 30% harder. And it's like 106 miles, I think. No one's ever broken 30 hours on the normal course. It took me 41. You get 65 or something. That's awesome. And it's gnarly. It's more technical, more exposed, not quite as high, but the terrain looks strikingly similar when you get up above treeline. There's places on that course where if you plucked me from the San Juans and dropped me there, I would think I was just over the next ridge. It's unbelievable. So That's exciting. I would say, and, and the race is really affordable once you get there. I think the entry fees was 160 bucks when I ran it, and I got. And it's still like like within a small community, isn't it? Like the town it it comes. The town it starts in is a really small town. It's different. It's really old. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, Silverton is too. You kind of have that still like. It's a bit. It's more modern. 
It's a little well, no, it's like a mix. It's it's really cool, yeah. Yeah. It's not a big city. It's a small town, a small town. outside of a bigger city. Yeah. And how many how many And people you're running rate? through ski resorts, you're going over peaks, you're scrambling up stuff. How many people run that? I think there was maybe there's maybe three or four hundred in the hundred mile distance. They so have other distances, so it's still a smaller it's field. Bigger, but yeah. it spreads out. Yeah. I mean Yeah, the first couple climbs are pretty packed, but same with hard rock, but it spreads out, yeah. thins out quick. Um, um, but no, like just kind of like going off on the tangent of, you know, if you've run, if you've run it like X amount of times, you know, there's a way to still stay within the community and be a part of hard rock. So one of my favorite stories is Rock Horton ran yeah. it 10 times and then he committed to becoming aid station captain of Kroger's Canteen for, for 10, 10 years. years. That's amazing. I love stories like that. Yeah. Like Hard Rock gave me 10 years. I'm going to give Hard Rock 10 years back before he applies for the lottery again. And now you can kind of flip that because there's actually a couple hacks to get ahead in the lottery, which we should talk about which maybe is, not everyone knows about this. Right, which is volunteering. and Aid station captain, you get yeah. an extra ticket, which... I think it's actually, it moves you up a whole year. It adds to your N before you multiply it. So it it can jump you a whole year. And if you do trail work both days, you get a ticket. And they reward. And if you're a certified trail boss, another ticket. So I don't know if you can stack up all of those. Um, But then like if you're a volunteer for X amount of years, like, you know, I can't remember, like, one to ten years, you get one ticket, and then beyond that, you get two tickets. For every five years of service, you get tickets. So yeah. there's – it's kind of cool. They do reward involvement, and that is something that – And you're still a part of the community. You're still a part of, you know, that that familial uh, atmosphere. And that's something that I love about the Hard Rock experience. Absolutely. Because it's not just a race that you show up to – and you pay your fee, and you run it, and you go, and you get your buckle, and you go. Number no. one, because there's no buckle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a rock, and you get to kiss. You it. get to kiss it. That's that's what there is. But I mean, it's still it's, but it's still more. as coveted. Like it's it's a coveted thing that you get to do, and you know, I mean, for me, more than any other race, Hard Rock is number one for me. Like, at some point in my life, I really want to be able to kiss that rock. You as, should volunteer every year. As a runner. You should do trail work every year. Every year. And you should become an aid station captain and a certified trail boss. And pretty soon, you're going to apply for first time, <laughs> and you're going to get in. Well, course marking and clearing, you don't get tickets for those yeah. unless you go above and beyond. So right. let's say you take over that, then you might. What else about Hard Rock? I, I mean, we, any any I said my excuse piece. to stay in the San Juans for as long as I can throughout the year. Yeah, I'll just sure. add with all of this that we're talking about. I mean, we're just kind of shooting off the hip. This is just like we're having a beer. Yeah. We're just kind of venting maybe some things that I mean, we talk most ab- people talk we talk about this all yeah. the time and I think it's just I think it's interesting to We've talk about, about it. We've talked about it before where, you know, <laughs> I think even in Outhouse you were like you know, kind of non-apologetic, like, my chances are better than your chances. Yeah, it you is know? a weird feeling. I mean, obviously, I'm happy I've gotten to run it four times. For I sure. absolutely love the race. and I. But all in one direction? If someone all of a sudden told... It's luck. Okay. 
if someone all of a sudden told me that you're not going to be able to run it for the next 10 years. Would you be okay with it? <clears throat> that would be... <coughs> I mean, that'd be a tough pill to swallow because I love hard rock so much. But it's flipping the tables because that's what most people are facing that are applying for the first time right now. Yeah. It's basically the race is telling you, you can't run this race for 10 years. Probably. Or more. I don't or even more. know. Like With those kind of odds, when we're I talking mean, my point, odds, point yeah. 0.04%, that's pretty much you're never going to run it. Thanks. It's a tough pill to that swallow. That sucks. Thanks for that news. I and, don't want to pour the salt in the wound. No, but, but I, I could okay, easily so- say... But I'm probably gonna get to run it next year, and that's where it. Yeah, that's where it gets. Well, a here's little the thing, you know, weird. and especially like with Hard Rock, you know, they make it mm, kind of with the dividing categories, but still, they don't give away spots to sponsors, and they don't give away spots to um, other ways of basically. You, essentially, you can buy your way into this race. Well, that's right. what Western states, I think that's one that you can. Yeah. If you're a, like you really, really if you're a sponsor it. at a certain dollar level, your company gets a spot in the race. You can do with it what you want. So if you're the owner of the company. There are some loopholes. There's a loophole there. Like I don't know for, I don't know for certain if anyone does that. With Maybe. Hard Rock, it's not Hard Rock. You can't do. There's that. no loopholes. You the gotta, only thing is, you know, earn Dale's, your stripes. Basically, Dale's picks is a loophole, but we don't know. We don't know how that works. We we that's not public yeah. information on. We all they have publicly come out and said that Dale does have five selections. We just don't know who they are. Those are so not published. You're telling me I need to make friends with Dale. You might want to make friends with. So, but I would say that I guess if you go up and you integrate with the hard rock culture yeah, and you become part of the race, honestly, for me anymore, and I know it's different because I've gotten to run the race, yeah. you get the hard rock experience. If you do all the there course marking is. days and you go out there, it's not all about the race. The race is a nice cherry on top. But there are so many ways to experience the race and the idea of the hard rock miners and being out there. And that's what it's really all about. Being up there in the mountains amongst the people, you know, however you want to include yourself in the race. Even, you know, if you're going to crew, if you're going to pace, if you're going to volunteer a day, there's something about that experience um, that you don't necessarily ever need to run the race to be a part of that family, which is really a cool thing but at the same time you know there's always that nagging in the back of my mind i want to experience hard rock as as, a runner as a runner and i don't fault you for that and i wish that i just wish that everyone who wanted to run it can run it and that's the biggest thing that tugs at me and that's why i think i get all fired up about this stuff because i wish there was a way to have every person and i i mean i've i've said get rid of pacers you know right you could have twice the number of people out there get rid of crew i don't care like i could run without a crew and a pacer utmb doesn't have pacers correct no pay europe in general there's no pacing. there's no pacers and 
I've done races over there without crew before. And a lot of times they have one or two drop bags. Yeah. UTMB has as a hundred mile race. One is it one drop bag? Maybe two. It might be. It's one or two drop bags. That's it. I did the TDS one drop bag for a seventy five mile race in the Alps with a ton of climbing. Yeah. Ronda Del Sims I think had one or two for a two I think for a hundred and four mile race that took 41 hours two drop bags no crew no pacer no crew no pacer and that's a graduate that's not even a graduate level but this is a graduate level run i think very easily they could go if they wanted to increase the size to get more people in you know and and make it no pacers if they said at least they could just say everyone just you go into everyone just goes back into the lottery once you got to run it you go right back into the bottom of the barrel, and so then there's there's, there's no, one way to do it. Yeah, I or mean, or give maybe one ticket. You get like maybe you, you get you the don't you don't have these uh, classes the classes yeah the of, class system yeah it's like doing away with the class system and that's what I mean that's one of the thing we could bring up is the gender inequality thing as far as hard rock goes it's it's not <laughs> totally their fault because a lot of men started applying. For more men apply, period. Yes. I think about 18% of the women were applicants, yes. but only 9% at the end of the day are in the run of the total field. There's, but there's that's usually less than 10% of the field being women. And what they say, low. which is incredibly low. When you're saying, when you're talking about, you know, there's 145 people and sometimes there's a year of 11 women getting into hard rock. That's appalling to me. Um, and you know, the argument is, well, there needs to be more women applying. And while I agree with that, you know, while the sport is a little lopsided anyway, uh, definitely, you know, women need to apply, but there's gotta be a better way to, you know, allow women to kind of show up in this sport, especially at these, uh, like major, I wonder what the percentage finishers at the qualifiers are that would be interesting to see of the of the hard rock qualifiers it's got to be higher than 18 percent. oh of the women i don't know we should it'd be cool to look that would that be up. actually that would be really interesting but the reason that there's nine percent compared to 18 percent is because when there was more men applying when it first got started there was yeah. less women and so that's kind of compounded because more men I have mean, finishes and then those Anyways. You know, Betsy Nye and Betsy Kalmeyer, Betsy Kalmeyer told me that, you know, when she ran... There was like two women. What, 18, 18 years ago, uh, there was maybe two women... In the whole race. In the whole race. That's wild. You know, she ran when the, the field, when she was the only woman, when the field was all men and her. And she towed the line just as much as any dude out there. Like, that to me is amazing and you know i'm hoping that people will look at her the way i look at her and like you know women can run these hard mountain races don't don't think you can't and like start applying go do it yeah i would love to see more women apply should touch on utmb real quick sure this is Maybe arguably the biggest trail running race in the world. Thousands. As in terms of, it may not be the largest in terms of numbers, but prestige wise, 
it's the Super Bowl of trail running on a global scale. So for 2018, there's 2,300 runners in UTMB, 1,900 in CCC, 1,600 in TDS. These are all different distances. Mm -hmm. 1,200 in the 56-kilometer OCC, and then 300 each in the PTL, which is 290K, even longer than UTMB. That's a team one? Yeah. That's the team one. And 300 in the 15K. So uh, to get into this race, you need to qualify by earning the points that we talked about earlier. We won't rehash that, but it's based upon the list of UTMB qualifying races, which is also the ITRA races, Mm -hmm. which can theoretically be used by other races in the world. I think Ultra Trail de Mount Fuji uses them as well. So, like, for instance, UTMB, you need 15 points in three races maximum. They give you a two-year window for these races, just to note that. And the other ones, because they're shorter, need less points. There's also a way for elites to get in. So they rank runners based upon their performances. And these ITRA rankings, the International Trail Running Association has performance index. If you're above 870 for the men, above 770 for the women, you get free registration. You don't need to go through the drawing. So that that's really high elite guys, though. That'd be guys like Tim Frericks and Jim Walmsley. They just get in. Automatically. Automatically. If you're above 770 or 670, respectively, for men and women, you still have to pay, but you are an automatic in. You don't have to go through the lottery. And everything's rated, though, through ITRA, correct? The, yeah. So the like every time, you, yeah. Every time you run a race that I guess is ITRA ranked, which I don't know if that's every race, I think they try and get as many as they can. Yeah. Because I know all of all of ours are. The, for the most, Viper races, yeah. for the most part. But I don't know Any that Any every... ultra that we have on our calendar is ITRA listed. Yeah. yeah. And I think even races, well, because you can't, I don't think hard, hard Rock or all those other races aren't qualifiers because they refused. They wrote that letter. They, and they wrote the letter and they said, we're not going to pay so to be, yeah. I don't know if those are counted in ITRA or not for the points. They might still use them for the points, but they might not use them for a qualifier. So... You can register as a group as well. And then they, they do the drawing. And this just happened a couple days ago. And they email everyone whether you got in or not. And let's look at some of the numbers. They have historical numbers. They don't, I haven't seen it published for this year yet, but the lottery for their race started not until 2009. So the race was started in 03. And they got to 2008. And UTMB filled in nine minutes. So (laughs) the first couple years, they just took however many people applied, then they capped it, and it took five months to fill, then three weeks, then 10 hours, then nine minutes. So they at some point knew they needed to change something. And that's what usually happens with a lot of these races is over time, they decide they need to change something. So they... With 2,300 people as a cap, this is kind of interesting because it spiked up and then it kind of leveled off. So for UTMB, it's actually gone down. So I don't know, maybe maybe Western States is going to see a leveling off at some point. For UTMB, 
they have they peaked in 2014 and actually i don't know about this year maybe this year it went back up but maybe it looks like they've made the points harder to obtain yeah so that's probably cut it down they've also added all these other races so and it seems like these have been getting more popular like look at the the number of cc and the and even the, the tds these were added in later years and I think the overall number of applicants is definitely up across the board, way up in terms of like, even the OCC is pretty new and that saw 4,200 applicants for 1,200 spots last year. The TDS saw 2,600, the most ever for 1,600 spots and the most ever in the CCC. So as a whole, more popular than ever. And a lot of times for me included, I've run UTMB and I wanted to not do it again (laughs) because it's hard. But still like. But I wanted to do another one. But those are huge numbers. Not everyone is going to get in. I mean, it's yeah, they're huge numbers. But you're. I mean, it looks like, you know, if you've never run it, you still have a better. Pretty good shot. Pretty good shot. They have big capacities. You know, you're talking. For 1,200, you know, they let 1,200 people in the OCC or they let you know, 20, almost 2,500 people in UTMB, like those are major numbers. And if there's 5,000 people applying, you've 50% shot. That's pretty solid. Compared to 250 that get selected for Western states. Right. Or, yeah, a similar one for, I don't know, TDS is 2,600. So that'd be kind of like a hard rock. You have 1,600 spots, not 45. Right. That's a major problem. Yeah. For people that want to run hard I mean, someday, that you know, never run it. If you guys can hoof it over to uh, to France, you know, jump the pond a little bit and check something out over in the Chamonix area. Well, this goes without saying. I mean, we're we're heavily focusing on these iconic lottery driven races. Today. Yeah, we're not even talking about the hundreds of races that exist that you can just sign up for, which is a great thing. Yeah, you're giving you're looking at me a skeptical eye. I guess no. you can't do that for a lot of races anymore, huh? I'm still living in the past. I don't a lot know, of them like, have moved to lotteries. I mean, that's kind of a bummer if that's the way it's going to go, if that's the way the, the tide is turning. But, you know, I, w- I think I was lucky with, you know, the U100 was, it's brand new this year and it sold out, but there was no lottery. It was, hey, this opened. You want to sign up? Yep. Let's do it. And I got in. So, I mean... You know, that's. But it's now sold out. It is. And so the question is, will they do a lottery next year? I don't know. It, it's going to be, you know, increasingly. I mean, I'm. Because that's what happens yeah. is it fills quicker and quicker. And then at some point they're melting the computer servers down and right. they got to come up with a solution. But it doesn't always go that way forever. The San Diego 100, for instance. They conducted a lottery, but they had less people apply than spots available. So they have a lottery, but they didn't actually have enough even apply to make the lottery valid, to make right. to even so warrant a lottery. There were spots still available, so they just opened those back up. Okay. I'm actually going to check right now. <laughs> what, do you not understand it? No, I know. I know. No. I'm, I just, you know, I'm like thinking, okay, what a waste. 
to like make something. Oh, just to just to hype it, like to hype it and yeah, conduct it. I mean, currently there's 12 spots available for the San Diego 100, which takes place in June. So you so, can sign up. I mean, it doesn't up. even warrant a lottery. Like you know, maybe you they hype won't... it to to hurry, apply now, spend your money, and I mean, you know, months later I can still still get in. There's 300 applicants or spots available, and I think. I mean, the race will fill. They're not yeah. in any danger of that. It's it's actually kind of nice. Uh, it's kind of a relief because they don't have to turn people away. But that's and what I'm saying. Like, why did they go to a lottery system? I think maybe they did have that demand in the past, and so they had to go to it. But then maybe maybe the demand fell off. I mean that, and then but what warrants a lottery system? Like when you have. 200 people more applying than your actual capacity or do you have a thousand more people uh applying past your capacity well you know what's what's the the limit i mean there's no rules i think some people just if they sell their race out one year i think they might think it advantageous to switch to a lottery because it forces everyone who wants a shot at signing up to sign up at the early po- earliest possible date. And you don't think like a first come first serve like hyping, "Hey, our lot or our our race opens January 1st." You know, put it on your calendar, sign up then. Because it will sell out. I and think And you don't you don't think like the reward of first come first serve is better over a lottery. So I'll give you an instance. The Umstead 100, I think, has still to this day resisted a lottery. Yeah. And that is a race that fills up in, no joke, two minutes. So then it becomes a problem of computer speed and typing your information in <laughs> in like a frenzied panic. And it's stressful. And then the server, exciting. the server crashes and then you hit payment button twice you get charged and you're not sure if you're in or not i mean it's i think it is kind of exciting i think that's kind of exciting i mean it's the same i mean for me you know it's kind of the same experience as getting uh a havasu pie like falls like a havasu falls reservation in february like everybody goes the same day and you just have to be like on it right but i think when it gets to that point that's when i think People are really thinking, okay, we definitely need a lottery now of some sort. Because then it gives everyone a window to apply. It's just one way of thinking. Maybe. Or is it like, you know, the true old-fashioned early bird gets the worm, you know? Everyone get your checkbooks out. Get your... Lick your stamps. There you go. (laughs) First one to postmark it. There you go. First one to get it in the race director's mailbox. So if you drive by and put your entry in wouldn't that that be exciting though (laughs) like no online submission it's it's only by mail-in uh it's only by hand delivery it's only by hand delivery you know make it fun i don't know like you know something's got to change and this could be the future the old school i think it would be more exciting that way like if you really want to run this race and and you've qualified Show up my door on Saturday, June the second, and we'll talk business. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I was just commenting. I love. 
I still love races where you can I nail saw, that check-in. I saw that I just, tweet today. I just did that for a race that I'm running coming up soon. I thought that was totally right. I saw that that photo. So have we beaten the lottery topic to complete death at this point? I mean, point? you know, I think... we bludgeoned it and have we talked, it out back? Have we talked almost two hours about this? Maybe, possibly. Oh, we're only at 135. Oh, so. no, we could go on and on. But that's the thing. Like, I think, you know, there's multiple viewpoints to be had, like, on all of the races, whether it's Western States, whether it's UTMB, Hard Rock, whatever it is, you know, there are multiple races out there that have lotteries. And whether it's good for the race, whether it's good for the participant, you know, I think time will tell. Right now, if you are looking to get into those big ticket races, if you're not an elite athlete, you know, uh, for some of these races, it's it's going to be a long, hard journey. Um, you're just going to have to be persistent and hope and wish. And, you know, I mean, it's a true lottery. It's, you know, your your chances are going to dwindle <laughs> every year. That is that the definition of a lottery? I think that's the <laughs> definition of a lottery. You know, it's that lightning strike uh, chance. That maybe someday hitting that Powerball, yeah. So and maybe that's that's the way the ultra running is going. You know, I mean, wonderful that ultra running is, is ex, like growing and is it, it as exciting? Um, you know, in the in the last few years and the hopefully future years. But at the same time, like, man, why didn't I get into the sport ten years ago? Well, and I think another way to look at it, too, is there are a lot of races out there and new ones popping up all the time and small races. And sometimes, honestly, for me, it's sometimes more rewarding to go to that small race. I mean, you can it's almost like you can be Gordy at your own race that is nothing now, but someday might become something. Yeah. And that's one way to look at it. For me, I've run a couple of inaugural year 100 milers and just small old school type races. And those are some of my favorite memories. I'm excited. I'm excited for this year. Yeah. You're running an inaugural 100 miler. I think that's exciting for me. Yeah. And I'm sure that Sean Blatton and Runbum will do a stellar job, but some shit might go wrong. It's a first year event. I mean, Even for there's the always the first. Yeah, there's the first director, year. There will be hiccups. Yeah. And usually for us, there's more hiccups in year one than there are later because you learn things and you didn't plan for that. And but you know, like, that's it's kind of exciting because then you're part of that story. You're part of, you know, that narrative. Like I remember when it was the first year and I ran it and this shit went down. Like that's. That's kind of cool. Not that I'm trying to expect, you know, a whole crap load of things to go wrong, but I think that's a great mentality, though. And I'm I've, I'm excited for the story and the narrative afterwards. Like, you know, yeah, that's just the perfect attitude to go into it with. Just expect the unexpected and roll with it, and with the idea that it's going to make a better story. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah, and I hope more people are are able to experience races. Just for that reason, not because it's a qualifier, not because they feel that they have to get it because, 
you know, it's their 10th year of applying for X race. It's, you know, I ran this race. It was, you know, in its first year or it's in its first stages, everything went wrong. And it was the best memories I've ever had, you know, or I ran this race because I've always wanted to run in this area of the world. Um, you know, seek those things out. It's, yeah, I would hope that for everybody, at least to have a story like that. Yeah, you don't need a lottery to run the Grand Mesa 100, for instance. Yeah. There's 15 people that run it, and you can probably sign up race morning. So for all the lotteries out there, there's probably 10 races that you can just roll up to or sign up if you just plan ahead. So you look at your calendar, you know, choose something for you. But, uh, I mean, lottery season is a real thing in the scene and it's a stress. It can be a stressful time. It can be an exciting time. It can be a disappointing time. And sometimes it can leave you just slumped over in a chair thinking (laughs) what is my life become what am i doing and why do i care so much about all of this because shouldn't it be about getting out there and enjoying the run and seeing new places and meeting people what are your yeah what do you want to experience ultimately what is the experience pushing yourself beyond what you thought that's for me that's why what ultra running yeah. yeah that's yeah. why i got into it an adventure Gracious. and exploration heck and yeah accomplishing something yeah and you don't necessarily have to go to these other places although it would be nice and i i do hope that i mean they're on a bucket list for a reason but i'll tell you if i never if my chances are are slim to none or worse and I never get to run the races, it'll be okay because there's other places and other adventures to be had. And, you know, I know that for me at least, I can get along without them. One thing about hard rock, the bark beetle's killing all the pine trees, so it's going to be pretty damn ugly there in a couple of years. <laughs> Just a silver lining. All right, well... You have to tell me more about Andorra. You have to go to Andorra. Yeah, <laughs> for all the goods because they don't have the bark beetle there. Uh, it is but, sad. I've but, seen. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen the. Yeah, in all seriousness, uh, and I think, yeah, there's more. It seems like there's more and more races going to lotteries. Uh, yeah, Angeles Crest. I would say a great a great alternate to Western States is Angeles Crest. They're a lottery, but they at least are going to have a wait list now, which is really great to see. Yeah, they're going to have a lottery conducted in December after Western States lottery. So you can see if you got in, and then I'm sure they'll have 4,800 applicants <laughs> like all, right afterwards. All of the heartbreaks from Western states get rolled over into the next lottery. Yeah, let's just, can we just have one lottery, and it just keeps rolling down until everyone gets to run something? And, and yeah, like if you if you make Western, then you're not allowed to run any of the other ones. You've got to run... You know, no double down. No double down. No double dipping within these these prized hundreds. Why not? We'll just lump them all together. That would probably 
It's a whole nother discussion, maybe. Leadville? Do we talk about that? Do we, we want to talk about that? Do we want to talk about it? I don't know. They have they have some other ways to get in. They have charity slots. You can skip the lottery and just pay. I mean, that's more. A, that's, that's a, kind of cool. Yeah. I like that because it does something really great. It does, and, and it that is one interesting thing because I Has, was an econ major. I couldn't tell you a lot of econ major stuff, but I mean, that's one way to. Cur- deal with the supply and the demand problem yeah. is raise the price yeah. until supply and demand equal each other. There is a price where they will meet. For Western states, that might be $3,900 per entry mm-hmm. because that's what people are willing to pay, or it might be $10,000 per entry. I don't know. But at some point, there is a price that will... So this is one way to kind of... You can get someone... Somebody will pay that... They'll either raise the money yeah. by getting lots of donations, or they'll just pay it out, of their, pay it out of their pocket. Yeah, yeah, fifteen hundred bucks or two thousand dollars. But I get a guaranteed spot, and I avoid the lottery. If I, I want to run it this year, if I find the RD life is quite lucrative in future years, and decide I'm going to drop thousands of dollars to run one of these. But races. what if there was, you know, yeah, ten. 15 spots for the Hard Rock 100 that cost $10,000 each. There's somebody that's going to pay it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or Western states. And then they could raise $100,000, $150,000 for charity. Yeah. Why not? I mean, I don't know. A lot of your popular uh, marathons do the same lo- thing. They do that big New time. New York, don't they? Chicago, big time. Huge. They Millions have, of dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. If if you have not been selected in the lottery for one of those races, you can raise I think what twenty five hundred to ten thousand dollars for X amount of like charities, and like you can choose a charity to run for like out of their list. I mean that's that's big for the race, that's big for the participant. You can raise it or you can pay it out of pocket and still run the race. So let's talk about this. Here's the, how the Leadville one works. So you have to raise or donate. You basically just pay the charity partner of your choice yeah. a minimum a minimum of $2,350. So that includes all of your registration costs. And it's a limited number of these. And there's five charity partners, six maybe. And some of them are for the mountain bike race. And some are run only. Oh, no. Yeah, some are either or. So basically you pay... $2,350, that's the price they've placed on this, and they have a limited number of spots so that they know how much they're going to raise. Um, additionally, it's kind of interesting that you can actually pay for a coaching package and get a guaranteed entry, it looks like. Am I reading this correctly? Maybe not. Oh, guaranteed entry. So if you go through their training program with their package through their coach, you pay for. So you pay more. Basically, essentially, you're paying. That's that's how they're dealing with it. Is they're okay? They're segmenting their market. So they're saying you get to pay me more money, or you join the training camp and you can get a guaranteed spot. Which is, I mean, kind of cool. It's a thousand dollars. You know, you go through the training camp. You you ramp up your training uh via 
their race, they get you ready for the race. Uh, you pay a ridiculous amount of money, but yeah, you the know, entry fee is three hundred. It's not like a, a charity where you pay eh, twenty five hundred dollars and then uh, you're entered and you may not finish the race because you're not prepared. At least this is their way of preparing you for success a little bit, ish, right? Definitely. I mean, you're getting more for it, I guess, but you're, yeah, you also have to pay for it. So they're, they have these 50 camp spot entries and they have these coaching packages. So there's, seems like Leadville has lots of different ways to get in. It's not just the lottery. Yeah. But usually it involves paying more money. But they also, which is one way to deal with the supply and demand problem. And they have qualifiers as well. You can also, yeah, win, qualify your way in or something. So. It's all very interesting. Maybe that's why I geek out on it so much is because my old econ roots coming all... through. Uh, uh. And my eyes go cross and sideways and I can't think <laughs> anymore. So anything else? What else again? I'm kind of feeling depleted after all that nonsense. I mean. Did we have any luck in the lotteries this season? Did we didn't you? talk about that. Did you apply for any no. lotteries? I did not. I applied for Hard Rock and Western States, and I didn't get into either of one of them. Waitlist? Uh, I was somewhere on the waitlist for Hard Rock, but it was too far down. There's no way I'll get in. Okay. So, which is fine because instead I'm going to run the Tahoe 200. Oh yeah. Which does not currently, like, the 200 doesn't have a lottery. No. It's sold out, but yeah. so you who think knows the two, what The 200s will become the next 100s, and they will somehow go into a lottery-based system. I'll let you know is that after where I experience is it. Is that what we're headed to? <laughs> we don't know. Hopefully, we'll just have a bunch of these, I don't know, other smaller races popping up. Or maybe just, we'll all just start supporting charities so we can run our favorite race of choice. There you go. It'll just be a constant fundraiser. <laughs> Last final thoughts. Is that it? I mean. Hopefully that was interesting, guys. I, I, I don't hope know. so. Like, I, you know, yeah, I would a say. A little feedback from the audience here. Run what you want to run, but, you know. If what you want to run is the lottery, I guess best of luck at this point. Yeah, I think it's just with the explosion of entries in some of these lotteries, it's just becoming, we're hitting this stage where the numbers are not looking good for most of us that our hope we get our hopes up every year and then... I say we because I get into hard rock every other year. But I know. Like even Western states for me now, I'm in a pretty low bracket where you just see it inch up every year. And I haven't done all the numbers on it, but it just seems like it's it was 3.4% chance. Next year, it's going to be 3.6%. Like why isn't it 6%? It right. doesn't double? What do you mean? Because that's not how it works when you get these big numbers anymore. And, and, that, that, and we're multiplying tickets every time. I think at this point, I mean, the trends aren't going to dwindle. By it was interesting with UTMB. But like we said, they're expanding 
their other events. So they're adding spots. Right. Whereas you're not adding, you're not going to have a, a 50 mile Western States race that I see coming down no, in the pipeline I, or a 50 mile hard rock that's going to all of a sudden open up these no. three or 400 new spots. Cause sometimes you only want to run the 50 mile race right. one year. You may not want to run the hundred. You may want to run that. 50. And I mean, and I think that might be as part of the, you know, there's almost a sanctity to it, you know, um, that they're not going to expand into other races, other events, other. Right. Cause businesses. they, they feel it's a pure purity thing, maybe with the hundred mile. That's what I'm they saying. They would never. Most races wouldn't care. They would add distances, but those ones wouldn't. They wouldn't want to. Yeah. They not no. Not at least the, not, not anytime soon. Not the historical race. Not the. Whew! Nailed it. All right. Well, we're gonna wrap up this week's episode. Please let us know. How you guys are liking the show. If you're watching this on YouTube, leave a comment below. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this, be sure to rate the podcast. That would really help us out in our rankings because we're starting at the very bitter bottom. It's like we're new lottery entries. <laughs> if you guys are just joining us, yeah, this show did evolve from Aravipa Trail Talk. Yep. We did 40-some-odd episodes. Those are available on our Aravipa YouTube channel, the archives, but we've kind of changed the format of the show. We're talking about these bigger topics, and we, if these are interesting, please let us know. We don't always want to tackle these super serious topics. Uh, we tackled cheating last week. We're talking these lotteries right now because that's what's going on. Yeah, but if there is something that you believe, you know, is maybe making waves within the trail community, if you believe, you know, if there's something that you really want to uh, kind of dive into, um, we'll do a Google deep dive. We're not afraid to whatever whatever it is. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. We want to let you guys into our heads and into the conversation, and we both come from diverse backgrounds in the sport yeah. with Jubilee being relatively new. I have a couple more years under the belt and under the foot, just, whatever. Just a few, just a few more years. So we have, we feel like some unique perspectives to interact with back and forth. Yeah. Which I think has been interesting to hear those perspectives. Yeah. And we will keep doing it. I don't know. Yeah, just let us, you know, if if you have questions, comments, or um, topics that you would like to inject into the show, please let us know. Um, you can tweet us at Jamil Curry, at Happy Jubilee. You can Instagram us at the same, at Jamil Curry, at Happy Jubilee. And maybe we'll do like a at Trail Currents podcast TCP hoopla of sorts that we'll... we'll uh, Invite you to question and comment as well. Seeds and they will sprout we'll soon. We'll figure it out. Upcoming topics. What do you got? We might talk about the Ultra Running Magazine Ultra Runner of the Year, Ultra Whoa. Performance of the Year. I think that would be a great topic. Number for next one is, week. Co- is it number one is coming out tomorrow. Is yeah, right? so they just announced number two today. Dun, dun, well, dun, we dun. know who number one is. I now. know. It's kind of a. They should. Like flip the last one, right? When they get down to the first and second, they should announce the winner first, and then like or second place. or like the you know maybe like a double down like or just both, just both at the that, same time. I think that's how the award shows do it, except when they they screw it up. 
And well, they flip I mean, like if it's like Miss America type of thing, they announce the runner, runner up. up, and then you automatically. But then immediately, know, you automatically know, like Miss America's like, oh my gosh, crying. I want it. Yeah. Yeah. So without announcing the winner, you already know who the winner is. But we'll talk about it. All right. Until next time, we want to thank our sponsor one last time, Run <laughs> Steep Get High. Fantastic. Use the code TCP15. Over at runsteep.com, you got all kinds of sweet, sweet threads and hats, and literally we're selling threads, but they've been knit into shirts yes. and printed on. Fantastic. And freaking dope. Rep every day. Thank you guys for tuning in. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>